deep experiences mm -hmm. but you talked about this uh, this thing where I was blown up into a million pieces and I was totally empty and then like the 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 the, the wisdom of the the whole universe was like flowing like liquid gold into me and I started crying and laughing at the same time I couldn't talk for an hour so that was my experience but I and that's what you're over is that what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> uh, well that experience I only have one so I would like to have that one again uh, it was a lot Hi everyone and welcome to the Wild Roads Podcast, the podcast where we seek out people who took the wild road, the road into the unknown, the road following their instincts, the people who broke out of the matrix, the seekers, visionaries and adventurers. And today we're here with Yves Bonroy who started out as a lawyer and then moved into a career as a tantric gigolo and who is a sex coach today. Uh, Eve, very good to have you on the show. And uh, well, just to kick things off, first question would be, um, what happened? Um, what the hell happened? Wow, that's a good question. I, let's say lawyer wasn't my real purpose in life. And even though I was quite good at it, it felt I was only using my head and it really started to um, yeah, annoy me that I was just, I don't know, sitting on the desk behind my screen the whole time, not really feeling my body and just wasting my life in a way. And uh, after that, I actually became kind of a manager of lawyers, which is, I mean, I've been one myself. They're very stubborn people, not so easy to work with. And um, my mom got sick. So I decided uh, to, uh, to take leave from work and um, at a certain point I decided, well, fuck this, this is not what I want to do. And I quit, not knowing what I would do next. Uh, I could, uh, how do you say it, I could sort of live for a while before having to find a new job. And um, You're saying yeah. you, you literally had no idea? I literally had no idea, but it felt like the right thing to do because I, I was really getting into political jousting games with my superiors and I didn't like it. I didn't like this political play as soon as you get higher up in the, in the ladder uh, and I decided to, to quit. And um, after that, I sort of tried to find my true purpose in life with doing some um, yeah, part-time jobs. And um, I, at a certain point, started with Tantra and sexual Tao. Why? Why? Well, that's uh, <laughs> now it gets really interesting. Um, all since my very first sexual experience, I had the feeling that I was missing out on something. It was somehow, it just felt like I was running into a brick wall. It felt very disappointing. I was disillusioned and I, I just didn't get it why sex that is supposed to be so important for everyone was so empty and I just didn't get it. I even uh, with my partner at the time, I think we had okay sex compared to my peers, but how, how the fuck do I know? Because you really didn't have any, I know that you guys, but I never really had, you don't really have very in-depth in conversation about it. Just like, Men hey, did don't you score? talk about sex. Yeah, yeah. Or just like, uh, hey, did you get that girl or whatever? Like yeah, it's yeah. not so much. Uh, um, and um, then I started to read books about it, uh, a 
it started with Mantak Chia, the, the multi-orgasmic man, which really yeah. blew my mind. But still, that was a lot of, I know, breathing and getting the, how do you call it, the, the microcosmic orbits going to get your sexual energy through your body. But that was still a lot of thinking for me. And then I sort of, uh, yeah, uh, I started, uh, I became a student of a Tantra school and that really opened some new doors. And, uh, so your situation is you're in your the second half of your 30s by this point you're doing yeah odd jobs sort of yeah to, to you know to make a living yeah and yeah. now this this sort of uh, purpose is opening up and you're yeah. you're being drawn more and more into into this tantra school and into had it been yeah. something you were interested in before already well, I was always interested in sex. I mean, yeah. uh, I mean but then again, who, who, who isn't, isn't right? Know, so. Yeah, but I also, I mean, that's what I didn't really um, know if, if my my friends had. I, I also had this feeling like, fuck, this can't be everything. Yeah. Like this deep feeling like I want to merge together with my woman. I want to feel yeah. how it is to, uh, what those mystics call the union. Yeah. And, um, and, and not make it into like a spiritual thing that you can't touch, but really make it into a living reality. Yeah. And I, I had this feeling I was missing out on something. I just didn't know where to look. But I, I, yeah, I, I just love that part because that's so recognizable. You know, the feeling that you know you're missing out there it has to be uh, more to life than this, you know, and th yeah. that's so crucial. Yeah. Also for me, like in this whole path of personal development, knowing like being stuck in this job and knowing there has to be more and how the fuck do I get it out uh, on all different levels and especially also sexually, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just like really frustrating, right? I mean, that's yeah. just, you, you, you think you know there's something better, but you just don't know how to get there. Yeah. 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 But still that, that is, that is, I think, you know what they call intuition or what could be a description of intuition is that there's a, a knowing because i do i do believe it's a knowing like there's no doubt in you that, that there's actually more it's not like it's not like is there more you actually you actually know there is more you just don't know where to, where to find it that's that's at least my experience with these with these developmental trajectories and i think yeah. of so many people out there and so many guys out there i remember literally googling stuff because I didn't know where to look anymore. I was yeah. trying to find things that would stimulate me, you know, where, that I feel passionate about. And I was literally Googling stuff. Like I was into stand-up comedy for a while, then into painting. But all these things came from the head, you know? Mm. It's just so, so super heady. I, I, at that point, I mean, you mentioned the body earlier, you know, being stuck in the head and not feeling your body. I had no clue that I was stuck in my head. Um, but now in hindsight i was like yeah everything that i you know that i came up with was super heady from the mind and i wasn't feeling where i wanted to go you know with my intuition with my body whatever and that just came later but where did the drive come from and to begin with to to go yeah. and start googling stuff yeah that's that's a good point just not, i guess not being satisfied with work relationship um yeah not enough fulfillment meaning and and just also just plain curiosity you know powerful yeah yeah, yeah. because painting can be also from the body right i mean it can be a very yeah. artistic expression from it your emotions it should be yeah, yeah. you're painting from the head then at first no the googling yeah. was from the head i reckon yeah. well the, the, yeah the funny thing is i, I guess that the the, the 
there was a sense that creativity wanted to come out and, and I just didn't know how to express it. Then I look, I started looking for forms, how to do it. And then the painting came, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I recognize exactly the same also with the painting and with, with trying to reading stuff and well, looking at on the internet, if you could find something. And for me, it was more like you get frustrated to a certain part that you think like something has to fucking change yeah. but it also felt like there was like a point in life where there's it's almost like a choice like okay i can i had friends that that i had this conversation about not specifically about sex but in the end more about feeling the body more being more connected with what's happening with with your with your fears and your desires and your boundaries and all this stuff that i didn't know i was a big pleaser right i was always the, the, the diplomatic guy that wanted to be friends with everyone and yeah, yeah. and then talking with friends and I, I had friends that said like well you know, and they weren't happy in their life. They said like, well, maybe this is it. This is it. Yeah, I'm not really happy with my girl, but yeah, yeah this is it. And I was like, what the fuck? No This way. is it? Yeah. Is that your choice? <laughs> and um, I, I couldn't live with that. I really had to find out, but it, it was scary as well. It did feel, especially with the sex thing, it, it scared me because I thought like, maybe, maybe this is it. Maybe I'm looking for something that doesn't exist. I, yeah. I, and you know, there was this, I think, I th in my experience, everyone has this deep longing to be deeply whole, right? To, mm -hmm. to Everyone has this, maybe this empty stomach, sometimes this empty feeling in their body because they're missing something, mm -hmm. um, which has a lot to do with, with childhood things and wounds and experience. And But there's this longing to, to be complete. And I, I was looking for that in sex and I just couldn't find it and it was so frustrating and then what and then i did this first workshop with this stanford school and it just blew my mind it it was actually a, a pretty well i don't want to call it decent but at least it was close on a close on uh, uh workshop yeah uh, but it really showed me a whole different landscape how you can connect with people how you be vulnerable with people i was sharing things with people that i've never met that i wouldn't share with my best friends that i felt like in a weekend they felt like a family for me that i'd never mm. felt before uh, and people were sharing pretty intense stuff about traumatic experiences and, and abuse and that i thought like wow this so this is actually possible this is like real relating right yeah it's real stuff it's so interesting you mentioned that because it's also my experience not only in sexuality but in yeah, in, in a lot of areas that so the so-called layer of ice is very thin. Like there's a, a big, big, big unmet need in people to actually connect, you know, and it could be through sexuality, but it could also be through, you know, other types of uh, meditative practices. I'm, I'm into circling, for example, which is this relational meditation. Yeah. And you see the same thing happening. It's like people come in all sort of boxed in and kind of stiff and you know the, the way the way they appear and then you know two exercises later simple exercises usually like you know eye gazing for two minutes and breathing a little bit together in, in the same rhythm and people just people just melt and like all these synchronicities start happening you see the faces relax and blow open and like an, an evening workshop can usually already you know sort that type of effect and I, I, I've seen that over and over and over again in, in all the workshops. Yeah. Uh, and particularly the longer you go, you know, the, 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 the deeper the bubble or the, the, the more beautiful the bubble gets usually. Yeah. But I'm, what I'm tracking here is, is how, um, 
yeah how thin that layer actually is and how how big that unmet need in people because yeah. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you is that people I think universally have this longing to yeah you, you start you start talking in, in sort of spiritual you know cliche phrases quickly yeah. but like to come home in themselves yeah yeah to arrive home in themselves to become who they who they really are well and I, I yeah I so agree with you and, and the fun thing is it it's sounds like a spiritual cliche until you actually have the embodied experience of what it is and then you know like hey this is actually fucking real yeah there's nothing spiritual about it it's just life mm. right the biggest workshop is life i mean if you can see it that way and that's how i see it and uh <laughs> it, it's it's yeah i've the, the thing is okay my let's say the the the, the one that i'm most uh, expert in is sex uh, for sure but uh, I also did meditation workshops and other workshops and it's 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 all about taking off these masks and just becoming more authentic in a way and it's beautiful what you say that people start melting after some simple exercises of real connection it's yeah it, it can be quite easy I mean sexuality is obviously you know might be sort of the, the mother of all methods, if you will, because it's such a, you know, a powerful drive and a powerful force in, in people. I mean, our sexuality is, is literally where everything comes from, exactly. including, including us, you know what I mean? So yeah. the fact that sexuality is so uh, powerful in that sense, also as a tool for, for development is, is, is logical, if you will, but the issue, of course, is the conditioning, which yeah. is, I mean, we have all of, all of us in, the, in in society carry conditionings with us. But when you enter the topic of sex, then, you know, everything <laughs> gets multiplied a bit. Yeah, I mean, conditioning gets amped a little bit, you know, and particularly when you go into, into you know, forms of sort of unorthodox uh, sexuality like Tantra or, well, you have a few few other experiences i guess to share with us maybe later in the conversation but um but yeah then you you're running into you're running into uh conditioning with a big c i think yeah yeah i know all about conditioning i've i grew up um well i don't want to say sexually repressed but uh there was definitely a lot of shame and taboos around uh, the sexual topic in my uh, the family i grew up can you can but, you say a bit more about that like what what were, what was the shame and like, <sighs> Well, we didn't talk about the, the, the conversation. My dad is a, a doctor, so... Medical doctor. A medical doctor, yeah, yeah. So he, uh, I, I do remember that he uh, once told me about ejaculation, that it was all fine. And so that was like a very dry conversation. So actually, I did have that kind of conversation. But, you know... He explained to you what, what ejaculation yeah, is? Yeah, I, th I think I had my first ejaculation uh, and I didn't really know what was happening. <laughs> so I told him and he just explained... Uh, as a very dry medical doctor can do, just that that's very normal that that can happen. And so in that way, he did well, I guess. The uh, mechanics of it. The mechanics of it. But um, I, I guess that there was so much difficulty in my family around just showing any kind of emotions, any kind of vulnerability, any kind of authenticity, uh, that it, it only made sense that being that close together i mean in, in a way sex is like the most important social act we have as as creatures right mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't get much more social and and important as that and um well, if sex isn't if sex isn't social it's it's usually not really good so yeah 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 i guess so yeah right yeah 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 but um and 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 so in that way 
it 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 felt like it was implicitly put on me like not talk about this don't show your emotions don't talk about your uh, about about sex in, at all yeah um yeah and that's so i mean i recognize that completely by the way because i don't think i ever had a good conversation with my parents about sex ever but but this is very societal that's that's mm. the whole that's that's what i'm tracking constantly is because i have the same experience and most of my contemporaries or our contemporaries have the same experiences why because our parents you know are conditioned by their parents who are conditioned etc etc so we yeah. live in this you know christian uh christian tradition and we and you know i grew up so-called uh, atheistic but i'm still and this i realized only later i'm still very much a part of this christian tradition which which has a huge you know stigma on yeah. on on sex i mean the way that the church like what what sex has been reduced to is 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 ludicrous like yeah. it's it's you know you you can't even begin to unpack how crazy that is actually what what this you know natural beautiful enlightening drive in, in human beings the biggest connector, etc. You know, got how criminal criminalized it actually got. So, I think realizing, starting to realize, like how, yeah, fucked up actually. To you, pun intended, uh, fucked up our <laughs> our you know uh, upbringing is around sexuality. And this is the family, but school, same thing. I mean, I literally had had the the, the condom on banana thing, you know, in in sex yeah. education class. <laughs> And we, we had a couple of these anatomical anatomical uh, drawings on the on the blackboard for for two hours. That's it. Yeah, but that's like, the whole problem. No one teaches you to how to, like like about sex at all, right? No. You don't get it from your peers. You don't get it from your uh, from your teacher. They tell you about procreation, as they did with you guys, I guess. But they don't tell you about the the, the whole social part of it, like the intimate part of it. No, the intimate part is the the most yeah. lacking. Yeah, well, it's the most important, you know. Yeah. yeah, but you can't you can't give what you what you don't have, right? So yeah. our teachers, our parents. Exactly. You know, if you don't have the lived experience of of what good sex is yourself, or if you don't know how to speak with it because you never learned it, like how yeah. are you gonna how are you gonna dish yeah. it out to yeah. to the generation beneath you? Yeah, you're, yeah, you're, yeah. you're not like that's it's not gonna happen. So you can't really blame them, also. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's it's. Uh, <laughs> that's 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 what how you usually start like with with blaming. God damn it, my my dad never. Shit, I'm yeah. thinking about it. I'm, 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 I'm pretty happy that I'm probably having much better sex than my parents, and I can teach my kids <laughs> something way different. <laughs> well, I can see it with, and that's a good thing. If I look at my friends who have uh, uh, children, the way they uh, and they're often from the tantric uh, environment, so they're they're quite relaxed around sex. And you see those kids; they're just completely different than I was at that age. They're they're really relaxed around the sexual topic. They just, uh, I, I last had. Um, my my girlfriend has uh, two little boys, and uh, one of them just told me that uh, his a good friend of his. Uh, maybe I shouldn't tell this. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that they sort of experimented a little bit, and and he just told it like completely innocent. And I thought like, wow, I remember uh, when I was like a little kid, and I, I'm pretty sure most kids have this experience, even though as adults we are ashamed of it. Uh, I, I think I sort of uh, looked into the pants of a, f- a friend of mine and, and he looked at me and I remember my dad actually catching us uh, because we were standing somewhere in the garden oh and we were just God. like, fuck, and we just ran away. <laughs> and, and, and we never talked about it anymore, right? 
even yeah. though I mean that's totally normal. You're like yeah. just like a curious kid, and you just you happen to want to know what what the other one has hanging there, right? Yeah, but that's that's I think how how you know trauma trauma begins. Yeah. Like I remember a, a spiritual festival once where they had uh, this thing called tantric theater, where they basically invited uh, sexual healing through uh, artistic expression and. The sort of setup was, you know, there was an audience and in the middle there was, there was a, an empty space with a microphone and people could uh, voluntarily walk in and, and pick up the microphone and, and tell their story. And you heard all these stories of, you know, um, having had gay experiences, for, for example, uh, you know, in high school or uh, having shared, uh, you know, wanking with your brother. For, for, you know, you start wanking, you're 12, uh, your brother's thir 13, and you, you wank together. Until yeah. at some point you realize that this is frowned upon, and then and then <gasps> all of a sudden the, the freeze happens, yeah. you know, and, and now you're traumatized, or now now there's shame in, yeah, in your system. Yeah, shame around it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but like, the, story after story after story in the static theater, you know, it's like you see the full innocence of people, and, and actually also how, how these... The traumatic experiences they carry on a lifetime like this this particular man and his brother they, they hadn't spoken for like 20 years or something because they got so ashamed and then only later like met each other again and had this huge obviously catharsis around like that this that this innocent little episode in their early teen teenage years you know basically messed up messed up their lives in a, in a, in, a, yeah. in a sense and i think it's very sad yeah but but like you mm. you know you kind of reclaimed your sexuality right like you yeah. took the steps towards like hey i want i really want like satisfying sexuality but like i think the so the shocking truth here is that is that many people carry carry these patterns of like being not fulfilled or shamed or you know into you know from from the from the womb to the grave like yeah yeah true true that but that's probably one, one of the reasons why i do the work that i do i guess uh because i had to overcome all this shame myself i walked that path and it really mm. scared the living daylights out of me uh, yeah because that's yeah. that's where we where we kind of left off it's like yeah. so now you're in this tantric school you're you're getting all these insights and, and beautiful experiences and, and and then what well yeah it basically blew my mind uh especially finally i actually could really connect i've always been i remember i'm gonna go back to this story but this is important for me because it's really one of my key moments i remember when i was seven years old that i was already fed up with the shallow conversation that i had with my parents and and that, <laughs> that i thought like i can't stand anymore just hey what did you do today i thought like just why don't they fucking ask me how i feel and I, yeah. I was seven years old already, so I had that already. These, all these feelings that had to come out, and all of a sudden, like in the Stanford School, I can I, I can do what I what I'm passionate about, which is sex, and I can bring in this part of me that I couldn't show before, which is these emotions, and, and really get into. Yeah. For me, sex is like a form of meditation, like active meditation, where you just the only thing you have to do is basically. Uh, let your body do what it does listen to your impulses and follow them listen to your senses and the only thing I have to do is sit take a back seat and just let my body dance the dance of sex and that's what I learned in this uh, first workshop obviously 
um, it takes a while before you get through all your stuff because we, we've conditioned ourselves to, for example, wank in a certain way, right? Mm -hmm. um, and to, to approach sex in a certain way. Okay, I did this the last time. It worked. Let's do it again, right? It's more from the mind. Yeah. You, you talked to me before about doing things from the mind. At first, that's how you approach sex because you think that's how it is, right? And, um, so well, what's leading now? What's, so, so what's leading now instead of the mind? It's um, basically what you do with meditation, just yeah. dropping in, listening to what's happening and following. Oh, that's not really, well, it's in a way it's meditation. You're, you just let your senses guide you and yeah. you feel your own body. And then uh, what I do is that I, because I feel my own body, my body is the antenna for the, the woman I'm with. Mm -hmm. So I can feel her body as well. And I, I can feel what's happening in her body sometimes even better than she can feel because she might be a little bit uh, stuck in her head or something mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so and for me the most beautiful thing is actually doing these things that make a woman or my girlfriend for that matter uh, relax a little bit more every moment again that she gets more and more in her own body so it's yeah. like a process of being uh, what we call and i, I really want to say it's not spiritual at all like like you're a little bit blocked you're a little bit like stuck in your energy and just opening up like a flower in mm. a way and um well i did that in the tantra school i got pretty good at it um and at a certain point uh, my team from my tantra school asked me if i want to become a tantric gigolo uh, which basically means uh, doing a tantric sex skill lessons i think that's how they called it at the time uh with women and uh, also with couples so basically helping couples to do this uh, themselves and uh, so that i did that for a time and i learned a lot from that as well yeah so do yeah. you have like training for that or is it just you just start somewhere or how um, <laughs> well i i had like a week-long training with um with uh, with a female head teacher let's say so i did yeah. sessions with her and that was quite confronting uh, especially because before that she um, she asked uh, the women that she knew I had been sexual with uh, to rate me <laughs> right. so to see how I was doing <laughs> on different uh, criteria. Wow. Um, and were these tantric women? Yeah, they were all tantric women. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so they also knew what they were talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, so that was in a way confronting, but that was the kind of challenge that I liked, right? And. Uh, yeah, and and um, I mean, come on! Now, now you have to tell us what was your act, what was your average score? <laughs> I I scored very high on intensity. That was like my biggest thing. I scored very low at that point on depth. Mm. Uh, I scored very high on presence. Basically, presence is yeah, this meditation thing. Like you just you're not doing it from your mind, but you're really dropping in and mm. basically f just get extremely curious to this body and this energy that's in front of you and starting to play with that. Yeah. Uh, and taking the focus away from your body. Also, I, I sometimes call it like outward meditation. It's like a meditation with two bodies. Yeah. Um, but I, I had to, I had to really, uh, let's say, uh, apply myself on the depth part. What does that mean? Um, it's difficult to say uh, to to bring it in words. But if I uh, let me give it a try, it's. Um, it's the, the, the ability to create a space in which a woman feels so safe um, to show things of herself that she wouldn't know how to show herself all alone. So mm -hmm. she needs the guy basically to help her uh, to, to get to this part. Yeah. 
Um, and, and, and a woman will only do that where she feels really safe and she can feel the integrity of the other guy. Mm. Um, and yeah, that you can hold space for that. Yeah. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, it's for me, the to, term holding space makes a lot of sense. I don't know if that's the case for everybody, but yeah. It, it's basically... I get yeah. you when you say that. Like, there has to be this yeah. sort of container of safety, integrity. Yeah. And yeah, the more, I mean... I don't know, the more depth you have in yourself, the more you can hold of others and the more they will open up to you. And yeah, I guess it it comes also with sort of wisdom of embodied knowledge, like the things, the more you've experienced yourself, you you can never get someone deeper than how deep you've gone yourself. You you can't give someone a very deep experience if you haven't had this kind of experience yourself as well. Mm -hmm. And um, and so that's that's what's needed. And and it's really... um, yeah, creating that space, I guess. Yeah. 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 So now, uh, now we're really in wild territory um, because it's one thing, you know, to do weekend workshops, uh, tantra weekend workshops. I mean, nowadays that's I wouldn't say it's it's a very common thing, but you know, it's it's, it's definitely fashionable. It's getting yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it's less it's less it's less uh, exotic than it was maybe 10, 15 years ago when I sort of first encountered spirituality in the in the form of yoga and and more um, you know traditional sitting meditation and stuff. But um, it was interesting when you mentioned the word gigolo. Even even I could sort of feel a little cringe in my in my sort of energy because now we're actually in in prostitution area it's like and i'm not saying i'm not saying but that's that's the conditioning kicking in and saying a gigolo is like you immediately have all these images of like a sleazy dude you know the whole film is is going you know in front of my mind's eye so you should um, talk to my dad about this i mean (laughs) i mean i would love to i would love to hear your your stories on on you know how your dad reacted but also like this must have been a process for you to kind of to kind of own you know, yeah. okay, now I'm actually gonna, I'm actually doing this, and like, am I gonna be honest to, you know, to my friends? Is how public are, am I with this? Like, how was that for you? Fucking scary. I, there's no other word for it. It's, um, it, it was really weird because I, I knew, um, I didn't really choose for it myself, and I was planning not to do it because it just scared me too much. I was like, I don't know if I can be able to be this and carry this shame around and, and how am I going to yeah, get this out? How can I really fill these shoes, right? Because I knew what kind of deep experiences I was, I was uh, giving women because you give them something really... Uh, most women in my experience have never been seen in that way, that deeply during sex ever and it can really transform their whole lives it's not just the mm-hmm. sexual experience you they, they glow afterwards they can really bring it back in the relationship with their with their friends with their with their uh with their children with uh, at work with strangers it really gives them something that they've lost mm. and um but then if i would be talking about maybe doing this with friends or with, with tantric friends i would feel well like yeah i know i can do this uh, because actually I did it because friends told me, authentic friends, like you should be doing this because you're good at this. Uh, you have the depth and, and knowledge. Uh, they thought I had the depth before the authentic teacher thought it. But anyway, um, uh, but then as soon as I thought like, how can I tell this to my 
let's say my non-tantric friends or to my family, I thought like, I, I can't, I can't mm. do it. So it was like I was living in two different, two different lives almost. But for yourself, let, let's say if you skip the, the sort of external reality of like of your mm -hmm. social circles and so on. Yeah. To, to like internalize this for yourself is like now I am actually a tantric gigolo. How was that process? Um, I, well, a little bit like that as well. I felt judgment on it. It was difficult to keep it focused on myself to put like this 90 i heard one life coach saying most people look 90 percent outwards and only uh, 10 percent inwards uh, but it should be on the other way around i found it difficult to keep the focus on me if i was just really with myself i thought like this is like the best work i can do it, it really fits me i i'm good at it i love this it brings together the things that i'm thinking are important and i'm really transforming people's lives um but it was like almost like flip-flopping from one to the other and then I found it really hard uh, it took me quite it took me quite some time before I was able to tell my friends and the, the funny thing is when I told my friends no one was really surprised <laughs> yeah, I, really I had surprised this and, and then I found out that my judgment on me was actually bigger than their judgment on yeah. me. my judgment yeah, yeah, yeah. on what I thought they would think of me yeah. was much stronger than their judgment yeah. and that was like a that was a good a good uh, well, good imprints to find out that actually, no, they thought like, okay, yeah, sure. sure. If this is what you want to do, fine. Uh, I know you like more than this and, and you're a good friend of mine and it makes sense the way you explain it. So there was nothing, no problem there. Yeah. That's such a, that's such a, like, like a humoristic thing that is that is almost tragic, you know, like, because this points to, to, to like, why I think so many people, including myself, definitely, uh, have held themselves back, like, if, like, how, why people hold themselves back, because they fear, you know, the reactions, the retributions, mm -hmm. the, you know, the shaming by others, and it's totally illusory. Yeah, it, it just, it, it, it's not, it's really lives under your skull and nowhere else. Like, yeah, because yeah. I mean, there you were being a lawyer and then some point uh, fast forward in time you're a tantric gigolo you know how would your lawyer version of yourself would have reacted to that if, if, if you would have told them well probably like yeah that's just a sex worker <laughs> right <laughs> i mean probably something like that um and also uh but, but it is a sex worker it is a, yeah 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 in, in a way i mean i I, I see sex as something really transformatory and it's completely different than what I thought what sex was before. But in the end, you're, you're selling sexual services. Yeah, I get it. That's, that's just how it is. Yeah, but that's, 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 that's I think, what we're, what, we're, what we're sort of uh, pointing at here. is like, again, conditioning. The word sex worker immediately brings up a, a whole yeah. load yeah. of images of like, you know, the, the Amsterdam red light district, yeah. for, for lack of a better description. Whereas you know, tantric sexuality, sexuality is actually the the, the the holy the holiest most beautiful expression of our humanness almost. Yeah. And and again, it got it got reduced and boxed in and like yeah, cri I mean, criminalized to to mean, you know, that's what happens. That's Se you say sex message. worker and people people have images of of sleazy sleazy brothels. Yeah. Yeah. That's also yeah because when I 
to tell about um, that I've been a, a tantric gigolo. I, I use the word tantric gigolo, I don't say sex worker because of this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, if I do have a normal conversation with them, that, I mean, and they ask it, like, like, yeah, that's, that's of course, what it is. It's, no, it, but, for tantric, me, but tantric gigolo is also more precise. That's it's more precise what you do because it really feels like you, you, you help, uh, well, women go through a process of transformation. Right? It's not just I'm going to come there and I mean there has to be some kind of connection. Yeah. I'm not a robot, right? Yeah. So and and it, and it doesn't doesn't necessarily, or most cases it was, it doesn't necessarily have to be sexual because it depends mm-hmm. on what she's comfortable with. It can be it can be different things as well. I can my deepest sexual experiences were without penetration. Um, sexual energy is it's much more than just the penetration part and that's where a lot of people well, miss the point, really. It's so much more. You can penetrate, uh, well, uh, the world, I would say, that sounds quite high and big, but you can penetrate a woman with everything you've got, with your depth, with your presence, with your with your vulnerability, with your boldness, uh, with your cock. Yes, you can do that as well, but you don't have to, hmm. right? If I've, I've, I've coached men and if I um, explain to them how things work or even with a woman, I, I don't have to take off my clothes for them to really understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. There's this over-focus on, on the genitals. It's not necessary. What I'm tracking here, and it's really beautiful to, to witness actually, is, uh, is your energy. Because um, you, you, you li- almost literally light up when you speak about this, this subject. Yeah. And, um, and I think that's also like within myself, is like that's more and more the, how do you say, my guiding light. If you know what I'm, I'm saying, like yeah. if if I notice myself getting really enthusiastic and like and like bigger and like my voice my voice increases in volume and like I start using my body while talking and stuff, then I know hey this is now my energy's up right yeah. so yeah. this must I must follow this and like I've seen you every time you get into like the, you know the describing part of of this type of work this happens to you so therefore and I think. So that's 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 point number one. It's really beautiful to see that, and also, it's something that I uh, and I, I I dare say every human being longs for, like that type of energy. Because what you described, you know, when you were seven, like I've had I've had that for years. That I went to like birthday parties, and I was just bored out of my socks. I don't even know if that's a, a fucking expression, but like so bored because. Yeah. of the of how people because everybody is fucking bored but nobody knows how to how to how to break the ice you know so i i at one point was like what do you do for work you know and then and then i i said you know what is what is the the the, the most dangerous thing you ever did you know as a counter question and and then all of a sudden now we're having a conversation because this guy or or, or girl is all of a sudden lit up because they're actually about something because yeah. they're actually also fucking bored you know talking about <laughs> what do you do for work but then again here we have it again conditioning yeah. you know that's first of all you know how you're doing good how are you doing good what do you do for work that's probably the reason why, why? i don't have that many friends anymore that i have those conversations with yeah but <laughs> so but you're following again in, in leaving your 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 job that wasn't satisfying you're following this this energy and and it's yeah. Yeah, I, I really believe that that's what we need to do as yeah. human beings. And that's yeah. a really crucial point, you know, because we were talking about people holding themselves back and not really following that energy or maybe not even knowing how to hook into it, you know? Like people wanting to do more and express more and 
and, and this thing of how, how, how do you get there, you know? How do you really, you know, stop judging yourself or stop being afraid of the judgment of others and, and, and jump into that? I sometimes think it actually starts with stop numbing yourself because we, we have all these judgments. Yeah. But I mean, I, I actually found out not so long ago that I am actually an emotional eater. I mean, you see me, uh, well, yeah. the, the listeners don't see me. I'm not a thick guy. I'm, I'm quite skinny kind of. Um, and But if I feel a lot of emotions, I can start eating just to feel less. Yeah, same here. So, yeah, and, and I think it's actually for probably about 99% of all uh, all people out there that have that way with food, yeah. right? And and or thinking or uh, binging on Netflix or yeah. using drugs or whatever it is to just numb yourself and feel less. Yeah, the the method right? here is not so important. It's, yeah. it's the principle of of uh, of numbing versus feeling. Yeah. Because feeling feeling is scary. I mean, and scary. yeah, but that's yeah. but that's a that's a crucial point. I believe is like. Each time you step into a space where real feeling is required, you know, this being a, a tantric workshop or this being, you know, visiting a couple for a, for a tantric session, yeah. every time you step into the unknown, there is fear because now, you know, you, you don't know what's going to happen, which is also the excitement. It's like the other day I heard this expression, the path you should walk should give you like 50, 50 if you live a little dangerously, which, which I think is the idea. 50% terror, 50% excitement. Like, so there's always this undertone of like, ooh. Yeah, we talk about that a lot, right? If you're getting too comfortable, then you're doing something wrong. Comfortability I mean, is, is a very wrong benchmark yeah. to, to steer your life by. Yeah. Yet this is, particularly in a country like the Netherlands, uh, is like, look Super around you. That's it. Everybody's geared towards comf- comfortable yeah. and comfort. Comfort and, and I mean, safety. Not comfort and safety, in, that's in, basically. In, in the Netherlands, I mean, the whole western world or maybe the entire world is like how can we make ourselves as comfortable as possible i mean listen this is also i i also want to acknowledge my privilege here like living in the netherlands as a a white man (laughs) you know um because i also do know i've also lived in 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 um in west africa for example and I, i can tell you that the first priority of people is is food yeah shelter and then safety so if safety is if safety is not not around then then you know but we're 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 a lot higher in the Maslow pyramid i mean yeah. that's just the reality of, of it yeah you need to have the basics right before you can actually worry about what we're talking about now yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah, that's yeah. also i mean that's also clearly why we are doing this as a generation and our parents weren't because our parents are second our first generation uh, post war so yeah. you know our grand my grandparents three out of four grandparents were in concentration camps, two in Japanese camps and one in, in the German camp. So there's massive trauma in that family line. And, you know, they had to, to build up, you know, so you're not yeah. going to go into frivolities uh, that, you know, but we, we grew up safely and... and yeah. Sort of, yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely those basic needs are met. Everybody has their wounding, but at some point you want to grow. You want to, you know, like this thing we touched on earlier, like you want to... <clears throat> Uh, experience more feel more you know that there's something there and then this growth that goes hand in hand i think with this discomfort and yeah absolutely and it always yeah. sort of hurts yeah 
How did they say that again? Your the your life begins at the edge of your comfort zone or something. I'd or? I'd say what you said with fifty percent uh, terror, fifty percent uh, excitement. Excitement that that's living on the edge of your comfort zone, or just maybe a little bit not too far that you get traumatized, but just yeah. a little bit on the edge. You think like, oh, I can put one foot out, and oh, that's yeah. scary, yeah. and then I'll put the other one there. Yeah, uh, that takes yeah. constant guts. Uh, and sometimes you have to be in the comfort zone. You sometimes have to step back and, and do binge on Netflix and eat chocolate and just right. chill the fuck out. So you yeah. need that as well, right? Yeah. And yeah. I think it's also a muscle you, you can train. Like It's like if you do something that feels really scary and you do it again and you do it again and you do it again and you do it again, you know, this whole principle... It's a principle, right? Like, yeah. I'm, you know, this, this thing that people say, you know, I'm going to do one year, I'm going to do one thing that scares me per day minimum. Like how transformative that can be. Because truth be told, like in an average day, like the many days go by, I do nothing that I, that's really scary. You know, you just, you just yeah. go through the motions and, and then, then you go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. which, is not, yeah. which is not the idea. Like, I, yeah. I truly believe that we're not here, you know, to go through the motions. Yeah. And I, now I get all lit up and I, I, I always find myself like talking like a, like a, like a, a priest almost like, you know, we should all live big and dangerous and stuff. Yeah. But, but it's actually like I could even I, I get goosebumps talking about this stuff because I, I so know this to be to be just truth. Yeah. Well, you remember the, the, the things that scared you and that you overcame, right? I mean, my experience with this is like I had some really scary shit that I did in my life. Uh, that really gave me physical pain before I made a step to do something, yeah. right? Yeah. That you really feel like, fuck, I'm almost as someone not just punched you in the gut, but also broke some ribs. And you think like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. And then you go sure. through it and it's almost like, you know, like like the, 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 the sky bursts open and there's so much relief behind that fear. It's, it's almost like as soon as you go through the fear, you pop the bubble and you see there wasn't a real tiger out there anyway yeah. and you know it and you can tell it you're from your cognitive mind you can you can say it one ten thousand times but the only way to know it is actually to experience it go through it and then get this emotional imprint like hey hey i'm still alive i'm still there <laughs> yeah i mean and i'm even doing better than before maybe yeah 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 i've grown now again yeah, yeah. did yeah. you always did you always have um like because now we're talking the beauty did mm. you did you always have beautiful experiences when doing this this tantric gigolo work or did you also have experiences that were you know disappointing or somehow painful or you felt out of your depth or you walked you walked away from from a certain encounter and thought like oh maybe this is this is not for me any after all or well uh, when i first started with this with that work um i I found it quite hard. Well, actually, it, it, we talked about things being scary. I always found it scary a bit before I went into a session because I knew I couldn't relate to what I knew before because everything is new. It's fresh. You have to just show up and see what happens in the moment. You can't prepare for it. Just rely on that your body will know what to do and you can feel in. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was always scary, but it is also some kind of excitement. But at first, I didn't really know um, how to... Uh, distinguish myself from the woman I was with. So, uh, what what happens in 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 real 
deep sexual experiences that a lot of emotions come out as well right uh, it, it's all uh, i've had women uh, crying like in deep grief and in deep laughter but also in, in, in you know pain or anger and a lot of stuff comes out and um i would be so there with her what she was feeling that uh, it was almost like I was absorbing all what she's feeling. And then the days after I felt, I didn't feel good. Yeah. I didn't, I was like, wow, this was too much for me. Yeah. Right. Um, so I, I still saw like, what well, is beautiful work, but I have to learn uh, how to distinguish her story from mine. Yeah. Because when, when, when emotions like that happen, the, the, the story is not that important, right? I mean, uh, people always think like, oh, so why she, was she uh, crying? I don't care, right? It's just yeah. like a, it's like a, it's like a release. It's okay. Nothing has to be said, and um, it's her process. I'm just there to hold space for her, and to hold her safe, and to maybe tell her that she's safe when she needs that, and to feel into her like, okay, maybe now she just needs a hug, right? So that's what I do. Um, that's my job. Uh, I don't need to know what happened. Uh, so what what happened before, like at the start? Is it? something that you picked up energetically and took home with you or is it or was it more that you were worried about the experience she she might have had or something like that no no i was i wasn't worried about the experience but what happens is like when you're in that moment it's all fine but then when uh maybe a few hours after because you could i used my antenna f to feel her i could mm. feel what she was feeling mm. but of course i'm not having the story she's having because right. she's a totally different person i don't know what she's thinking about maybe she's not thinking at all but then after the the, the experience has ended i create my own story around what i was feeling because it touched me in a certain way so it maybe mm. remind me of my mom or my dad or what i was missing or was lacking but this yeah. is i mean and then it comes back i mean maybe maybe it sounds uh well, I was going to say maybe it sounds preposterous, but actually it doesn't. Like, you know, if this is healing, you're, you're doing sexual healing. And I've heard from, uh, from healers in all kinds of fields, not only the sexual field, that um, sort of shielding yourself off for the energy of uh, the client is fundamental. And that, that a lot of them in the beginning don't really know how to like manage that field, like how to, how to sort of, you know, because you have to be you have to be connected and open emotionally as well, because otherwise no process will start, right? But then, but then the flip side of this is what you're just describing is where, <coughs> excuse me, where you know you, you basically absorb all their energy, and if it's intense energy, you're gonna you're gonna be drained for you know for for a period afterwards, and that's what you what you don't want for yourself, and you know not professionally, but not not as a human being either. So I think yeah. that's. That's just a, a topic within, yeah, I don't like the word healing per se, no, me neither. but it's for lack of, there's also another, a, a better description here, like maybe deep work or something, or when, when deep process, when, I don't know, let's, let's stick yeah. with healing because I, I, of, yeah. I think people, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's also guiding someone in a, in a process, in their process. And I, I always feel I can relate more to that description than healing. Um, yeah. So, so if process starts, you're, you're guiding that person in their process, you can deepen that process. And it's definitely also something that, you know, uh, sometimes touches something in yourself. And then there's this capacity to distinguish between your own process and theirs. And, and, and I think there, you know, you need to be super clear in, in what you experience, what you see. And if you can, yeah, uh, yeah, 
keep doing that throughout the session or this experience or whatever yeah yeah, yeah i totally agree on that i think it's more like uh, you're more like a coach that mm. that guides the process and I, I know a lot of people in the field call this sexual healing but i find that quite a scary thing to say because you really don't know what's going to happen right and and how would you describe it uh, well like like basically like uh, like the manager says it's like you're 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 guiding someone through the process empowering them like healing feels like i'm giving something yes i'm i'm maybe facilitating something but i'm letting her do the work and uh, guiding her in that. And I, I had quite a few conversations afterwards because when you really touch a woman very deeply, what happens often is that they start having romantic ideas about you because they thought you were the savior and stuff, yeah. uh, which I really am not. And the only thing that I did is like, hey, this is what you've got. This is what comes out of you and this is your own power and I'm just helping you to unlock that. Yeah. So I had conversations like that, like, hey, listen, what you just felt now, this is in your own power. This is what you can uh, like man manifest yourself. And uh, that's what makes the real transformation. Otherwise, you just like, okay, I have to find another guy that can do this with me. Yeah, I like I like the distinction you're making here. And I, I, I mean, you, you hear this also, uh, you know, it's more widespread. I mean, the title of this uh, documentary about uh, Tony Robbins, this famous yeah. coach is I'm not your guru, right? Because I, I think I think they all like if you're if you have integrity, you know, that's that's the first thing you, you would make clear is like, I'm not doing something to you or for you, for you maybe, but not to you. It's actually, I'm basically mirroring or, or opening up something that's already, you know, lying dormant in you. And but 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 you're doing that yourself. We are basically the same, right? Yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah. would you hear? I mean, Tony Robbins, for example, is is this larger than life character, you know, and everybody, you know, and he says it's he says it himself. It's really interesting to hear him talk about it. Where, you know, he says people think I'm a freak of nature, and my answer is always that yes, and so are you, you know, and that and that to to have that sink in is also for me. It's like you have to keep like owning that for yourself. It's like what he can do. Mm -hmm. I can do what what she can do I can do you know there's this you know we, we, we look up to these people that do extraordinary things you know Wim Hof our own Wim Hof who, who sat for 61 minutes in, that's a pretty special guy yeah <laughs> it's a pretty, pretty special guy but like if he can sit you know an hour up to his neck in ice cubes when he's 61 then yeah. sure as hell we can do it as well yeah if you want to well, put it he, work yeah, yeah. i mean he's put in ten thousand hours yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah fine yeah. That, but that's the, you know True. no work no work no no work no glory yeah no True. no guts no no well yeah. i'm i'm fucking this one up a little bit but i say no work no glory <laughs> no guts no glory yeah. hey there, yeah. there's another question that um that was lingering within me and i, I had this interesting little uh little process where i was like i'm actually a little little scared to ask this because um because uh, i might come across as superficial a little bit but i'm still going to ask it and it's like what about attraction like what if you you know ring the door somewhere and this like dragon of a woman opens the door and you're like oh my god this is the most unattractive creature i've ever seen yeah well what <laughs> what do you do like <laughs> well you definitely the first one to ask that actually that's that's what m most people want to know it's like hey like i just said i'm not a robot right and they think like hey so he's not a robot are you so. saying i'm asking cliche questions is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah yeah i'm, I'm saying i'm saying it's on a lot of people's minds um so um well let's first say that I, i've started to see beauty in a completely different way before that i had more like a superficial idea of how a beautiful woman should like and mm. now i um 
I don't want to use the word judge because in this context that sounds like a bad word, but let's say I, I see women, uh, women that are attractive to me are women that can really carry their sexuality well. I can see it in the way they move, they talk, they are not afraid to show that they're sexual beings and that's really attractive. And then it doesn't really matter uh, that much if they're like uh, supermodels. I've seen a lot of supermodels uh, that were not attractive at all because you can just see like, they're too busy with their masks on uh, how to how they think people would see them and stuff and i don't think that's beautiful um now coming back to your question um well i've been very lucky that i've actually had sessions with quite mostly quite good looking women um having said that there were some women that maybe weren't not that beautiful but um What's, what's most important is that, are they willing to trust me? Are they willing to, uh, are they, do they, can I make them feel safe enough so they can get vulnerable and show themselves? And when they do, that's when uh, attraction starts. That's when my, uh, I, I don't like the cliche word too much, but my masculine side really catches on because I can see like, you know, most men uh, can relate to if, if a woman trusts them, hey, the provided that they feel this, 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 this power in their balls, like, yes, I'm gonna take care of this. They want, we wanna do good, right? So if a woman really starts trusting me uh, in a sexual way, she gets really beautiful. She starts to shine. And then uh, even if she's not that beautiful, she becomes beautiful. And that's, that's really powerful. And uh, I've had, um, I once had, um a session two sessions on one day and the first one was with a uh it was abroad uh, she was a famous actress and uh, um, a playboy magazine of the year model and i had a good session with her it was really fun uh, and interesting and then um i remember uh, actually there was the second session i remember when i was doing the session with her that i actually found her less attractive than the not so good looking woman uh, that was actually uh, limping with one leg, uh, was a little bit overweight, a little bit older, and um, uh, didn't have, have the most beautiful skin, but she was so generous in the trust for me that I felt like, wow, that was, I felt more attracted to her and I felt more sexual energy going between me and her than with the supermodel. I that's really, awesome, I, and that's also when polarity uh, kicks in right when yeah. when she's able to sur surrender more or trust you more and yeah polarity or chemistry or yeah. yin and yang or energy yeah. and consciousness or or, or yeah, masculine and feminine yeah. that's what kicks in then yeah yeah I really love how, you, how you're deconstructing this one um, because it, it it points towards yet another very powerful conditioning I think uh, that we have and that's that's like what we consider beautiful and like how yeah. we how we select, uh, you know, socially, not, not even, not only in the sexual realm, but also just socially, how we select based on, you know, the exterior of people. And I'm, I recall a very touching, uh, clip in which Dustin Hoffman, the, the actor, uh, actually he breaks down in tears at some point, uh, where he basically says that, you know, at so, that for most of his life he functioned like that. So, and that was very recognizable for me. Like, he basically said, like, you go to a party and immediately, you know, within within a nanosecond, you've seen, oh, that's the most beautiful woman. There's a, a few more attractive ones. And, 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 you know, the moment you do that, all the, all the other ones become invisible. 
and and he and he got really emotional and started crying at some point where it's like so i have actually uh robbed myself of the opportunity to to see like 90 percent of 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 women for for most of my life yeah wow and when he said that it was like that's so true like yeah yeah and I think that's so profound of the whole tantric experience, or at least my my experience with with tantra is that at some point you start tapping into way more senses than just the eye, you know, and the conditioning. Like so many layers of conditioning disappear, but especially also the layer of what is beautiful, you know. At some point you see so many naked people, uh, like the picture that you have of a beautiful woman that you get turned on of uh, or by it doesn't it doesn't do the same thing anymore and it, for me it was actually pretty confusing at some point to, to feel like hey this this uh, i'm conditioned to you know get turned on by pictures of women in short skirts and bikinis models and that just didn't happen anymore so it, it took some time to tap into this new form of, of beauty that you tap into energy indeed behavior how how a woman or a man carries themselves, you know, sexually or in whatever way. And, and, but, and, and that's such an enriched feeling, you know, that you can tap into something way deeper than, than just, uh, yeah, the looks or. With you, something with you, Tamar, something else happened as well, right? Where you had to sort of forge a new relationship with your, with your penis. Yeah, completely. Can you say more about that? Because that's, I, that's, <laughs> that's such a fascinating story. I, yeah. I had uh, like my relation to my cock and to my erection completely changed while you know getting deeper into tantra and getting more tantric experiences because uh, these these uh, yeah images or conditionings didn't work anymore like like I said you know a naked woman used to turn me on because there was a naked woman in front of me but now nothing was happening anymore because that was just not so special anymore you know and I had to tap into something completely different. Also, this idea that you get turned on by an external thing instead of, you know, just feeling your own energy, getting to know your own body, getting more intimate with your body, you know, that whole process of, of being more intimate with myself, that, yeah, completely screwed up the relationship that I had with my erection for a while. And then nothing happened or worked. And I was like, I'm fucked. I'm 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 broken, and and I had to just, you know, quiet down, get still, feel myself, and I did a bunch of practices. But I also, um, yeah, realized that that my my sense of what beautiful or attractive was had changed completely. So it wasn't the prettiest girl in the room anymore. That was yeah, that was drawing my attention. It was yeah different things and sometimes I can't even explain it you know but yeah that that definitely happened and it was confusing at first and now I trust it way more because you know this this embodied feeling or this trust in the body that it will follow the energy where it needs to go is just yeah it's just there now wow thanks for sharing that beautiful story and yeah it, it's so because nowadays I'm, I'm not a tantric jiggler anymore I actually coach men and also couples uh, into well basically giving them the tools to transform themselves and exactly what you're saying 
this has caused so many so much confusion for men when they start with tenta the first like like with me the first weeks it's like wow this is awesome and then like the big dip comes for uh, my experience working with men is like maybe it takes about four or five months i don't know something like that yeah. and then i just like confused and i can't get it on anymore and there's four or five months on the tantric path yeah, yeah. well no basically it takes quite uh, one friend of mine always said like it takes like uh, four hours to get a woman tantric it takes like six months to get a guy tantric <laughs> and i think that's it's pretty true uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, I, I guess that was lucky with me it goes a little bit went a little bit faster but uh, exactly what you're saying like that's a bit disturbing man uh, uh, yeah but, but because you you've always been so cock focused and 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 this is where you put your identity and all of a sudden it gets alive on its own your your whole idea about beauty beauty get screwed and and you have to basically reconnect with yourself and and figure it out yourself again yeah. what what is actually attractive and not yeah well actually you don't have to figure it out it's your body that has to figure it out yeah but it's an interesting point i think where like and i'm 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 you know thinking aloud or or, or kind of groping around in the darkness for the reason why uh, men seem so um penetration obsessed if you will or like so focused on their penis when it comes to sexuality and women sort of more naturally seem yeah seem to seem to have their their whole body involved or at least their heart and like and connection and stuff and so it's are we are we now entering the 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 realm of the reptile brain in the biology i I would say it's just biology it's quite easy we're 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 guys we've got a cock and we have to put it in somewhere i mean that sounds pretty superficial i know but you it 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 has something to do with that this is how we are constructed there's some performance uh, element to it as well right like a lot of guys have this no yeah that's that's more the social aspect right yeah that's the social aspect yeah i think the, the the deeper layer of the biology being that you know we're designed as as you know male uh, parts of this species to to well, every species really like to penetrate well to, to procreate as as why <laughs> you know to spread to spread our seed literally in order yeah. to in order to you know have uh, have offspring and, and, and the other way species. around is the same right so women women are biologically then designed to receive that yeah and and uh, if I would take a well educated guess the the reason why women are more connected with their body is because it's a, a much bigger not only an investment but also it has a lot more risks for them yeah. to be sexual with a man yeah, yeah, so yeah. of course they have to find, feel their body more yeah. and, uh, and safety and, stuff. and yeah 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 so and for guys it's it's in that way uh, different uh, i am very selective right if i i uh, it, it, it really makes a difference if I'm if I'm in the leading part, yeah. then I'm still selective, but I know I'm actually the one calling the shots. I know if I'm in the receiving part, if for a woman a woman is uh, playing with me sexually, I'm very distrustful. But, uh, yeah, and I think that's really beautiful because it's 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 hard to imagine for a guy. I think how uh, um, how well how careful a woman needs to be with a man until you've experienced that yourself. And that's pretty crucial, I guess, because that, that the, the way we were talking about women, how, how yeah careful they are and, and how sensitive they are and how, how it's more important for them to, 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 to do the right pick, you know, the same, you experience the same when you go into to surrender or, and, and it makes a lot of sense. I mean, yeah. I mean, to, to, if you want to be specific, like the first time I, I was penetrated by a woman, 
you know, with the strap on and, and a dildo, then now, now I, now yeah, I, I understand it. how, f- how fucking vulnerable this is. And like, <laughs> you know, yeah. now that, that was really a moment where it clicked for me. It's like, Oh my God, now I get it. You know how, yeah, yeah just the, the sheer vulnerability of it. But at the same yeah. time, this is also, I think one of the things that is most sorely lacking in, you know, in, in sort of classical straight uh, sexuality where the man is always the giver yeah, and the woman is always the receiver and it's, it's shit and it's yes. particular and it's particularly shit actually, I think for, for the giver, because you get, particularly when you, when you, when you ejaculate all the time, because you, you, you deplete yourself, right? And so the other, when it goes the other way around, you know, within couples or just in, 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 in sex where now I get to receive and it's, it's rare for, for, you know, for women also, I think, to, to be able to, to stand in that pole as it is rare also for men, including myself, you know, to, to actually be able to fully surrender into that. But when it happens, it's powerful. Yeah. It's really powerful. So I really do believe in that there's a, there's a whole world to win in, you know, receiving and surre- real surrendering yeah. for guys and, and also a world to win for women to actually stand. Because I, I, I talk to women and they have the same experience. It's like the first time they did penetrate. Hmm. Now they, because they, now they get to get ex- exhausted, you know, like hmm. they're after, after a while, they're like, yeah. wow, this is fucking tiring. And they're like, yeah, yeah it's hard work. It's yeah. hard work. Yeah, exactly. Thank yeah. you very much. And now there's, besides the pleasure and, and you know, the, the, joy, the joy and stuff, all of a sudden there's also a lot more understanding between, yeah between the sexes everything yeah it's, it's it's so true what you say everything that, that i learned from uh, from the feminine and from the women is basically about being in the feminine myself if i coach mm. guys i always say like you only can be a top lover if you've been penetrated yourself because then you know how fucking scary it is and then you know how important it is that that woman actually stays present with you and then you feel the pain when she's not present with you yeah. it's very painful all of a sudden when that happens and you see the woman is not there with you and then a guy knows like Oh, so that's what it means. Then all of a sudden it clicks with the guy how important it is to create the space. Because yeah. all of a sudden they see like, wow, she's doing this with me and she's not tapped into what's happening with me. She's just somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. And and exactly what you say, you say it so well. Women understand all of a sudden not only like how hard work it is, but they understand like it's fucking difficult to take the lead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's fucking annoying if that guy is telling me what to do all the time too. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It's like, wow, present, trust, yeah, or, you have yeah. to trust me a little bit. I've, I've had women saying that to me. It's like, hey, you have to trust me. It's like, well, I, I don't, like you know, it's yeah. like difficult. Yeah. And um, it's it's very powerful, but it's very, I mean, if you, you don't necessarily have to be penetrated to get this kind of experience, because in my experience, men are just bad receivers and bad in general. Uh, you can it can just be like being touched by a woman mm. or getting a, 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 a nice good hand massage, job massage yeah. whatever yeah, it is yeah, right yeah. Um, so yeah so yeah that, that's that's probably also the reason why I'm now coaching more because I, I felt like I, I can show this to couples I can do this with women but in the end I want them to really empower to heal empower that they can actually do these things themselves so what is the what is the maybe like the top three thing that you see in men that you would coach them on um i say number one by far is performance anxiety mm-hmm. even though most guys wouldn't say they've got performance anxiety 
uh, in my experience, most guys actually do have that in one way or another. And then, I mean, it doesn't mean like they all think like, oh, I can't get it hard or whatever. But most guys uh, have like some doubt if the woman likes it or not, or if they're doing a good job or not, or if they should be doing something different or not, or the thing that I did last time, does it still work? And, you know, there's all these things yeah. that actually get them stuck in the, in the head. So that's, I would say, is definitely number uh, one. Demmer, do you have performance anxiety? Definitely. Yeah? Yeah. What does your performance sometimes. anxiety look like? Um, um, it's about like, did I give her enough? Was it indeed as good as last time? Was the experience as deep as last time? You know, I want to sort of top the experience of, of last time when it was super deep. It has to be epic always. Uh, it had, yeah, it has to be epic always. Better than it before. It has to be epic always. You know, I have to be in total control, not ejaculate, uh, all that. And yeah, when, when that goes wrong, wrong between quotes or off plan, yeah, I sometimes get get stressed still. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I had a you? very... If I have performance anxiety, yeah. it's interesting because I, I feel like I have to say yes because I, I, I assume that, you know, as I'm just a, a guy, I must have it. But I don't think I have much of it, to be honest. Um, I'm thinking. I have performance anxiety. Not too much, no. I think I'm I'm pretty relaxed about like, or quite quite confident. I think in in yeah in in what I bring in in bed, I guess. And I also don't like I'm not I'm not too worried about it if if you know if it's a quickie or if I don't know if I'm if it's not epic basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm what I was thinking is um, I had this like it's a very painful conversation I had actually with my father. Um, uh, in Bosnia, you know, when I, I wrote a book uh, about the relationship with my father, mm. based on on a travel on travels we did together, and um, we also talked a lot about our sexual lives. And um, my dad, at some point, basically said that uh, my mom passed away when, uh, like, over twenty years ago, and so they were together for twenty five years until she passed. And that in sort of dark moments, he still sometimes has these doubts if he ever uh, fully uh, sexually satisfied her in in 25 years of, yeah. of life partnership. You know what I mean? And that, that hit me like a sledgehammer. It's yeah. like... That's pretty sad. And I can, I can also feel into it to an extent where you're like, you know, if you, like in the deepest, darkest corner of your psyche... But then still, it's like, then still was a deeply painful revelation for me. It's like, wow, so this is actually, that's actually a reality for people. And, you know, yeah, yeah. and and I think, I think by all means, they, they had a, they had a, you know, sex life. I mean, I know they, I know they were active. You were here. I I heard (laughs) and I I walked in on them and all that. So, you know, they were not frigid or anything, but... That, yeah. that, yeah, it was such a pointer for me. It's like, yeah. What about you? Do you hell. still have that? Um, well, very rarely, to be honest. Um, I, well, it depends, I guess, also on my and how I'm feeling in the moment. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, let's say I'm, I, I, 
You know, the, the thing is that makes me not have uh, sexual performance anxiety that much anymore, or, or not at all, uh, most of the time, is because I don't have that many expectations anymore because it feels like an adventure I'm stepping in, mm-hmm. like we're going to write the book. It feels like reading a book. I like I love reading books. And just like it's going to have ups and downs. It's going to be a whole story around the different emotions. And um, it doesn't matter if there's penetration or not. And that's a big thing. I, it doesn't matter if I'm going to get a hard on or not. And because of that, it most of the time just happens because it's, uh, I mean, unless you have a medical uh, uh uh, issue mm. um, most guys don't have problem uh, like functionally to get a heart on um, but it's just between their ears mm-hmm. and um, as everything is between our ears yeah, yeah. And, and I just see it differently right I see sex more as a way of connecting very deeply it's more like a meditative art um, where uh, that's a cliche as well but it's it's uh, the, the journey itself is awesome I think there's there's something uh, you said. Uh, I think it was in one of your Ultimate Lovers uh, videos, one of the videos of, of that of your course, uh, Ultimate Lovers. Um, something around having energy orgasms, or like yeah. I think you said something about like you, you know uh, exploding into a million pieces or something, and, and you know merging with the universe. Something. I was something thinking about going back to the top three, but this is actually a pretty good topic <laughs> as well. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll finish the top three but like uh, track me on this one because and that actually gave me gave me uh yeah some like mild jealousy because i'm where i'm at in this journey is like i don't watch porn anymore i don't wank anymore i st- i sell pleasure uh you know the, the cock yoga as you call it um in in sexuality you know when i have penetrative sex most of the time i don't ejaculate like i circulate energy and stuff but I'm all, I also feel a little bit, it's almost stuck in no man's land. Like I've left base camp and I know there's, well, it's not a destination, but I know this is possible. Yeah. And yet I've, I've, I've never experienced, you know, an earth shattering half, half hour lasting Kundalini awakening, you know, full body orgasm. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, that's where I'm a little like, so how does one do that? Yeah. I, I'm 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 looking for maps here a little bit actually where mm-hmm. I'm like mm-hmm. okay how does this work do you just go on for like three hours or because you also uh, you you you're a breathwork uh, specialist as well right yeah because that's also very important I don't have to tell you about yeah, that yeah. Then, I guess uh, breath breath sound and movement yeah of course yeah yeah well um, it's it's a very personal thing like everyone has his own journey towards having these earth shattering full body orgasms or wherever they may they can be pretty much all over the place uh or energetic um uh, i actually um, once experienced a womb orgasm uh, at least the i guess the i don't have a womb but uh, the an- analog of a woman who was having a womb orgasm while i was having sex with her and it sort of blew her at the same time we sort of flew back almost and it felt like like um well my, my cock came out it felt like like it was like a hose with energy pumping out of it it was really completely weird um anyway uh, just <laughs> as an anecdote um we're sitting here wide-eyed and uh <laughs> no, j- like, jaw drop well uh, <laughs> so what um well f- first of all i, I guess these earth shattering experience i because i was more focused on that when i started with my journey i had them more then i'm not so interested in that anymore because i i just i just 
enjoy the openness the the once you're completely open it's blissful it doesn't really matter if you have these peak experience for me so these these peak experiences don't interest me that more uh, that much anymore but um what for me was a big is this guy telling me he's over earth shattering energy I, I still there? let's say i still love them when they happen but i'm not chasing them down <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah and um, of course they still happen but then it's more in the subtleties like oh wow now we experience a different kind of uh, sexual energy when i'm just uh, not even touching you and just looking at you and things happen you know like it, it, it is more in the subtleties of what i've experienced already basically if that yeah. makes sense yeah. um what I think is is a big component why I had these experiences was that I get got better and better in tuning into the woman's body to feel her basically and and and, and almost yeah having this two body meditation and I I find it very hard to say this is the roadmap because it's for everyone different mm. sometimes it's because you have to breathe better or you have to move different or you have to build up and then uh, take it slow for a while and go on mm. um, sometimes you need hard sex or slow sex or you don't need sex at all um, but in the end for me it was really getting better and better and tapping into her but yeah. also following my deeper longings and actually allowing myself to do that to go past that point of within, of course, a safe framework where the woman felt safe, this feeling of, okay, if I do this, she may think I need you, I want something from her, but really tap into my, my deepest longing, desire, whatever it may be. Maybe it's like being a little bit rougher, whatever, maybe yeah. a little bit softer, and really basically surfing that wave. It feels like you're yeah. surfing yeah. a wave of energy, yeah. and it just goes on and on, and sometimes, yeah, there's just a higher wave and then there's a lower wave and then really weird shit starts to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's also yeah. like th this experience of dropping deeper, like dropping a level each moment or not in every moment, but in, in these different moments, yeah. you know, that you're together and that you're in sync and then all of a sudden something clicks and you, you drop deeper and there's yeah. more connection and exactly. there's more opening and there's more energy or... Yeah intimacy and, and and that's the and, and I, I don't think you can sort of reproduce that uh dropping in like the the, the sort of the road that you're taking is different every time what I, I if i i'm just thinking of something that i that feels very right now so let me say that mm. uh, because what you said makes so much sense it, it almost feels like you for me i i needed when i was in the lead <coughs> if if there's still some kind of focus that i need some kind of not letting go i think i still think when you're in the lead you still have to surrender because you don't want to have your mind controlling things mm. you want to let your body do the dance but there's still some focus on doing the dance yeah and uh, so then i needed a woman actually to complete that part of surrender to go into these deep experiences mm -hmm. but you talked about this uh, this thing where i was blown up into a million pieces and i was totally empty and then like the 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 the, the wisdom of the the whole universe was like flowing like liquid gold into me and i started crying and laughing at the same time i couldn't talk for an hour so that was my experience but I, and it, that's what you're over is that what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> uh, well uh, that experience i only have one so i would like to have that one again uh there was a lot of really weird visuals with that as well and i didn't i didn't do drugs at all guys just to so, no, so you know but um drugs are okay you can you can i, I was i was I, I was doing the sexual dance yeah. drug yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but i was in surrender there was actually a yeah. woman that was very good and she wasn't penetrating me so we were having sex but she was 
she was actually at that moment just playing with my cock, doing nothing else. But before that, she actually had tied me up. And I remember there was the first time I was tied up and I thought like, I don't have this thing with ropes and I don't really feel like it. And she said like, well, just be silent. I'm going to blindfold you now. So she did that. And then she had this, this, uh, this, uh, was it canvas? Uh, what was the rope like? The, 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 what, what's it made of? Well, yeah, the, no, not hemp. hemp. Yeah, maybe it's hemp. But anyway, she, she, she just put it under my nose and just the smell of it made me almost collapse through my legs because it's like, wow, this is going to happen. And she just brought me in deeper and deeper surrender until this happened. So I think a key That's component amazing. is deep, what you said, going deeper and deeper, it's deep surrender. Yeah. Deep surrender. And yeah. if you're in the lead, you may need the woman to help you with that deep surrender to go place you can't yeah. go yourself. Yeah. yeah. I think awesome. I think that's um yeah, that's a that's that's a very beautiful uh sort of roadmap, the deep surrender. What I sometimes find um difficult or or tricky is um and maybe maybe you know non penetrative sex is is uh, almost easier for this because if if I am penetrating a woman, part of my sort of rational brain I I feel any anyway has to stay online because if not I'm gonna ejaculate because I'm you know if I'm in higher states of arousal there is this you know what they call edging where you're like but if I if I let it go. You know, then if I if I really drop into sort of more more maybe more animal part of myself and and but then you know you ejaculate and it's done. So mm. yeah. So I'm I'm this is I'm thinking aloud right now. Like maybe maybe yeah, a non a non penetrative scenario where is is easier for that. I don't know, but I I'd say that, um, well the, the thing is if you take the focus away from the genitals people relax right uh, so so also like uh, if you say to a woman okay we're not gonna we're not gonna fuck you we're not gonna penetrate uh, then you think okay so i can let yeah. go of this and then maybe they want to do it anyway i had i had i, I gave couples this exercise like okay don't penetrate like play with each other's energy and then they told me afterwards like well we actually we did have sex uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like well that's great but i mean uh, okay so you, you, you flunked but they still were, they weren't allowed yeah <laughs> yeah and then it works all of a sudden again yeah. right but uh, it, it's you, you can do all these it, it's mostly your intent and your energy and and following your curiosity and your focus mm. and whether your cock is in there or not if you're really in the moment, you you hardly notice if it's in or not. Yeah. You don't know. I mean, well, maybe you do know, but you have to put your attention on that again. And when what what I experience quite often is like when you're so open, just playing with the whole body, using the whole body, um, basically make it into one giant orgasmic uh, pussy and one giant orgasmic cock, uh, and then you penetrate. It can actually feel that energy goes down because all of a sudden you just focus on this little part of the body. Right? It, it's, it's also an art to open up the whole body and then has as, a, as an add-on connect with the genitals and keep the energy high, right? It, it doesn't have to be. So I, I definitely agree with you. It's, it's, it's good to just do without penetration. You really don't need it. It reminds me, Tamar, of um, um, Pema, you know, the, the lineage holder of Wild Tantra where mm-hmm. you did a lot of work saying something and I'm, I'm probably not saying it correctly but you know the, the farther she she goes into the into her tantric path 
the less she's actually very interested in in sort of actual sex or so mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. calling it a circus or something at some point yeah. you realize yeah can, can you say more about yeah. that what how, how did very, she she's a very deep and, and and wise woman and and um well she's also very funny so she jokingly says you know oh, this circus of, of sex it's you know it's just a it's joke it's a it's funny sometimes so for her for her spiritual path sexuality or the sexual act is not that necessary any, anymore as how i understood it you know from her and um yeah but she teaches um through the means of the sexual act or at least sexual acts um because this this energy that gets released is so strong and is so um well i think there's two ways or at least how, how how i interpret it one is that it's very strong energy to work with and um, the second is that there's a lot of conditioning and a lot of stuff uh, on top of it so it's it's loaded you know and the, the more you work with that the more you can release those layers and become more true and and, and see the world with you know, clearer eyes basically yeah but uh, ultimately yeah the, the, the idea is to go beyond pleasure to yeah to unite in a different way you know not only on the on the pleasure front but yeah you you mentioned union before uh yeah that you work up your energy and then connect to something higher than uh, yeah I mean, yourself yeah. or the other and, and and something higher than both of you and and that's something that goes through sexuality or sexual act at first but at some point yeah you know i i haven't been there but at some point you, you can go past that and you don't need sex anymore to, mm. to go there because you can work deeper with your energy and then yeah it's I mean, a different but, but story. this is this is the promise of of tantra as it is the promise of of any spiritual path i think is ultimately is enlightenment yeah it's like yeah. and what is enlightenment is union union with source union yeah, with yeah. god universal intelligence yeah. whatever you want yeah. to call it and yeah, absolutely the way you describe if your experience that's a that's a full-on uh awakening experience you know all the all the the information i've I've had similar experiences or glimpses into similar experiences on psychedelics where you where you just absolutely sure it's like i'm now i am in you know i'm on the other side now we actually once literally said it to each other like we're in we're in the other side now Mm. you know and that that experience yeah (laughs) that that experience of of like um yeah of 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 all that information coming through to me sounds completely like you know the 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 doors of perception you know to to steal the title of aldous huxley's famous book on psychedelics but the doors of perception all of a sudden are open the veil drops and you know if that's a if that becomes a continuous state then then that's enlightenment yeah, i think yeah. then 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 you're ready to you know to move on to the yeah. <laughs> to the astral plane it, it makes sense that you would start with sex uh, and yeah definitely what you're saying that that's part of tantra as well uh but but it makes sense that you start with sex because that's the language people understand so you mm-hmm. have to work with mm-hmm. that first to mm-hmm. Uh, to 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 get some more space and everything, and and it's the most heavily you know where where so much trauma sits and yeah. so much conditioning, right? Yeah. That's also the second thing you said, right, mm. Demar? Yeah. Like, yeah, I think Leila Martin really describes very well. She says like, uh, well, Tantra you can see it as it's basically two things. You've got uh, the let's say the. Um, yeah, the meditative part, uh, the, the non-dual uh, practice of basically realizing that you're not just this body, this um, this uh, conditioning, this 
uh, mind body construct but you're basically uh, everything there is you're not just uh, the object you're the subject you're everything like all is one eh? like mm -hmm. the cliche but then with tantra apart from that just experiencing uh, this union what we're talking about you go also back into the body because you also have this body to work with that has this uh, energetic blockages that you have to release so it's both on the one hand this uh, part of enlightenment eh? this this process of uh, realizing that you're uh, not just uh, the perceived, but also everything that is perceived. And on the other hand, also realizing that we do have this body-mind construct and we can actually release the things that are in there to, yeah, to create a, a more open life. So it's both parts. So Tantra definitely brings back in mm. the body and you start with the body, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. 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 But in the end, it's, 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 um, yeah, it's an enlightenment practice. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, from the yogic, uh, from the yogic, uh, you know, tradition, there's uh, Yangar, you know, the, the famous no. Yangar yoga. Well, he's one of the yeah. most famous yogis um, of, of modern times, at least. And um, I actually have a, a sticker on my fridge saying uh, it's it is through the body that we realize that we're sparks of divinity. Yeah. So eventually, I think. Very and, true. Well, that, that's that's what I find beautiful about, like what I consider at least true spirituality is like there's various angles, and I I I do believe tantra to be a particularly powerful angle, um, but ultimately it all points to the same in in the same direction, um, and that is that is union with you know with with all union yeah. with. Um, with the universe, I guess. And I guess then the challenge is to sort of translate it in a language that people understand. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. keep and keep people also anchored in in this experience because I think uh, what happens, what's a common experience, is that people get so enamored with, you know, with their newfound, you know, spiritual discoveries that you know they fly off, and you really have to like grab them by the ankle and sort of bring them down like like they're helium balloons. Yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, you meet them constantly in spiritual circles. I'm sure the two of you, you know, you know what I'm talking about. These people that are like, oh, yeah, starry eye, but you're like... I'm a little bit allergic wow, to those people sometimes. You need, same, what same you need here, is grounding here. The, the funny thing is my friends of mine that aren't spiritual at all, they sometimes think of me like that, you know? Hmm. They're like, hey, man, you, really? you also stay grounded a bit, huh? And, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. And, and it's, for me, it's good to have that mirror sometimes yeah. to just really stay put at present and and because i really feel like yeah okay I've we're never, here to be honest i've never experienced you as ungrounded no well yeah but i don't know maybe because maybe because i'm doing yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe because bunch of hippies talking about <laughs> i mean yeah that makes That's a lot of sense way. right i mean but, but it's, it's it's good just to be aware that it's a you know that it's a possibility and it's something that happens easily and that i actually yeah. feel that yeah we need to do the work here you know in on this uh, on on the planet uh, on the ground and and not up there like floating around yeah, being yeah, yeah. super happy and, and blissed yeah. out all the time yeah. that's, that's like a whole topic on itself to talk about how to get grounded and get into your power and your yeah 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 yeah, yeah maybe so maybe important. to to because i think we could you know talk about this for this for hours yeah for yeah. like <laughs> for like the, the next three days which would be a bit tiresome maybe for listeners so maybe we could sort of uh start wrapping up by um by you telling us if where you are now because you said uh you passed sort of your tantric gigolo stage or phase yeah. 
So what does your, uh, your life look like now in, in terms of, uh, of what you do professionally? Yeah, well, you already mentioned Ultimate Lovers. That's my company uh, that I founded uh, three and a half years ago. And uh, it started out as creating uh, an online tantra course. I probably see it now as an institute where we um, help couples and men and women to integrate their sexuality best, to really get into the sexual power and uh, transform their lives and um, so where am I right now we just finished a, a 10 week masterclass for couples where we help them to you know actually to learn how to deeply connect uh, intimately on the physical emotional mental level where you help them to have earth shattering energy. Um, <laughs> I, I wish I could give them the key for that but I can only yeah. give them uh, yeah. the, I can help them on the first steps and uh, um, yeah but it, it, it feels like very rewarding work and um, yeah, it's, it's interesting that um, a lot of people think like sex is something that just happens naturally. And uh, I really see it differently. Sex is something you have to work on. Uh, no matter if you've just been together for half a year or 20 years, it's really something you can better and can really cultivate the skill. So uh, we did this masterclass and I'm actually now getting back to where I started three and a half years ago, which is coaching men. I'm going back to that because that's really my passion lies to really help men understand how to become basically just very confident, good lovers and really let go of their performance anxiety and really step into the sexual power that they have and use it in a healthy way. Mm. And that, that involves a lot of... Uh, most guys come to me and ask me like, okay, Eve, can you give me some techniques and tools so I can uh, make uh, make make her think or make her feel that I'm the best lover she's ever had and better than her ex and whatever. And, you know, it's almost always like that. And that's part of it. <laughs> and then I also make them understand like, well, you have to do a lot of work yourself also on your emotions and your shit. And yeah. uh, it's, it's not just tools because you can find these tools in the internet and they're not going to make you a deeper better lover it's still going to be um yeah very superficial and you're not going to get the earth shattering experiences that way so you need both yeah. you need a lot of inner work and you need to get some techniques and uh, i'm really excited to actually uh yeah start working one-on-one -on -one with uh, men again i'm gonna uh, very likely create boot camps for men uh, probably a small group of men where i can help them go through this transformation from uh, but basically becoming the top one percent of uh, lovers out there nice no less Love it. <laughs> yeah. awesome dude sounds sounds really amazing and uh yeah i think there's a lot of guys out there that uh they can really benefit from that if they're willing to uh Put to let themselves coached by a man yeah that's yeah uh, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah very beautiful well like um like we said before, this is a conversation that uh, at least I could uh, continue for uh, for a very long time. But um, but yeah, we're gonna wrap it up. So I wanna I wanna thank you very much, Eve, for uh, for being with us. You're this welcome. was um, a Amazing, very huh? good episode of the Wild Road podcast. And yeah, um, yeah that's it for now. And um, We'll be back soon with more awesomeness. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. This was awesome. It was fun. Let's do yeah. it again. Thanks a lot. All right. Peace out. Bye.